When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchrolls.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 25th. And we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PO Plus? No, get out of here. Come on, we've been through this. Thank you all so much for having PO Plus and supporting the site. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you checked out Nick and Alex's baseball show last night, I had the best time. It's up on YouTube if you didn't see it. It'll be out as a podcast on the main feed today. However, moving forward, it's only going to be on the uh, the Apple feed and the Spotify, the individual Nick and Alex baseball show feed. Maybe I'll do it one more week because it's been really messy trying to get that up on Apple. But yeah, you're going to have to follow that show individually moving forward for the most part. But let's talk about the games that went on yesterday. Sunday Gray, seven innings, pitch zero and runs forwards. One walk in 10Ks against the Tigers. And 18 for 22 strikes on his curveball is everything that we want. It's good to see that Sonny Gray is doing really well. That's all you need to know there. He's doing it with the breakers as opposed to just the heaters, and that's great. Kevin Gaussman is a stud and makes you feel dope. So is Shane McClanahan. Love them both. I watched Ronaldo Contreras this morning for the Twitch stream. If you're not doing that, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single day, uh, you should do that every weekday morning. And you can ask all the questions that you have there. Uh, but uh, Ronaldo, we watched as a crew, and I'm not too impressed. I mean, 97 on the heater that the Rockies, and these are the Rockies on the road, didn't really help, didn't really hit that well. But as far as command goes, I think he has stuff to learn with the fastball and the slider and curveball. There was also a couple changeups in there that we're just not going to talk about. But maybe as this, as the start went on, the slider command got a little bit better. Could have been jitters and all, but he gets the Dodgers next. And I don't know. I don't know if you feel, if it's so good that you need to hold on to Contreras past this. This was a nice matchup. It worked out. But I'm not really sold that uh, Contreras is this major swing play uh, for the rest of the year. But we'll see. Maybe the fastball is just that good. And I am undervaluing Contreras at the moment. Uh, I'm not starting against the Dodgers. I'll tell you that. Syndergaard went against the Rangers and had his redemption. Eight innings, one run, four hits, zero walks in five Ks. Good stuff. The secondaries are still very questionable to me. And seeing his fastballs be the one that made this work. Makes me raise an eyebrow or two. I don't know if we really should be buying into Nova Syndergaard. He'll be part of my buy and sell that is later. And yes, I'll try to make it as much as I can a proper buy and sell as I go through the roster ship rates. Uh, Corbin Burns is an ace and makes this feel dope. It was actually really strange not seeing anything golden inside of his line. It's so odd, I know. Kyle Freeland was the stream pick of the day and it did fine. 4.1 innings, yeah, but one run and only four base runners and six Ks. Like, I will take that, honestly, if I streamed him. He goes against the Nationals. That maybe could work um, in that one. Not as not as high of a probability as it was with this Pirates matchup. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Orioles did fine. He had 36% CSW on a sinker that returned a six innings uh, performance of two runs, four hits, zero walks, and five Ks. Sweet! That's cool. I mean, the curve and change weren't their elite selves. Um, and he's going to be kind of boring, but I'll take this from Jordan Montgomery. He's kind of like a Toby, I guess, but that has a little bit more strikeout upside, you know? Um, Walker Bueller is ace very good. And yeah, I will be lowering him, I think, 
this week, probably to something around 14, um, which I know sounds like such a drastic thing, but still in that second tier. The issue here is that the fastball went 0 for 27 on whiffs, and after his last start, I was encouraged to see a higher whiff total. We're not seeing that now. So he's ace of very good. He's AVG, which is average, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's going to take a small dip, and that's fine. He's just going to be a really good ratio guy, I think, with a decent amount of strikeouts, and that's a big thumbs up for me. Um, also, lots of wins, and we'll get lots of volume. It's just good. Uh, Max Fried is going to be compared a lot to Walker Buehler, I believe. He went against Philly, six innings, pitched two and runs, five hits, two walks, and five Ks. I'm not sure. Should I have Max Fried or Walker Buehler? I think I'm going to do Walker Buehler, but they're pretty dang close. Uh, Logan Webb also did well against the Mets, five innings of two and runs, five hits, one walk, six Ks. We're really looking forward to the slider to be a stellar pitch, like a real elite one again. And it wasn't that here. Uh, that would be his path to being top 15. But otherwise, without it, you're, you're hoping for something like this. So you get a strikeout or more per inning. And you got it. So, yay, we're happy. But it's probably like SP2, SP3 territory for Webb moving forward. Um, Marcus Stroman against the Reds did exactly everything you wanted from him. I mean, sure, five innings opposed to six. But two runs, four, it's two walks, and eight strikeouts. The slider and cutter return nine whiffs. That's exactly what you want. That's good to see. Keep starting Stroman um, as he goes against the Brewers. Uh, Kyle Gibson. Went against the the Braves, and they're not good against right-handers. It's, it's just kind of this weird thing for Atlanta right now. Five innings, two and runs, seven hits, one walk, and eight Ks for Gibson. Sure, the whip is bad, but you will take those eight strikeouts in that two earned run ERA. It's good. It's fine. He gets the Mets next time. Not Probably probably not going to start him there, but uh, if you want to take a chance and make it happen, pop the cork. I'm not going to say the whole thing. I really want to every single time. But I probably won't start him against uh, the Mets, Kyle Gibson. Uh, Bo Brisky went for the Tigers, four innings. We're not going to talk about that. Framber Valdez, seven innings, three and runs, four. Sorry, seven hits, zero walks, four Ks. He's good. I raised him in the list. I think he's a solid arm, and he's just kind of going to be around here. And hey, this could even have been better if he had his curveball, but just 19% CSW on that. Uh, Nick Pavetta went against the White Sox, and we were wondering, hey, is he going to still pour this off? He had two and runs across his last three starts. Well, he had three total in this one. In six innings, though, it was a poor quality start. Five hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Sure. He gets the Orioles again. Yeah, all right. I mean, he gets the Orioles next time. I should say this was the White Sox. But, yeah, he should be fine. Uh, Blake Snell went against the Brewers. And, honestly, I loved this. Uh, sure, 5.1 innings of three and runs is supposed to say two. But three is two walks and seven Ks. He did everything that you want. And as a lefty, eh, I'm sorry, I, I got that backwards. I was thinking it's the Padres. He went against the Brewers. But I, I think that Blake Snell with his four-seamer and slider are exactly where you want him to be. That is, four-seamers inside the zone consistently, a high strike rate on that. And then you have the sliders coming down for a lot of whiffs. That is what you want from Snell. And a few changeups, just seven of them. Get rid of that pitch. It's all good from Blake Snell right now. Uh, John Heasley... Uh, no thanks. Uh, Pablo Lopez, 38% sees that before a King Cole, 21 whiffs, eight strikeouts. He ran into some weird trouble every so often, allowed a home run to Jimen Choi, had a inside the park home run that could have honestly just been an out in the first pitch of the game. Uh, this could have easily just been like seven innings, one earned run, and six hits and zero walks. Pablo Lopez is really good. The, the changeup is, is fantastic. Uh, Bruce Zimmerman against the Yankees. 6.1 innings, 4 and runs, 6 hits, 0 walks, and 5 strikeouts. I mean, it's I know it's not great because of that ERA, but there are some signs of life from the changeup and slider, and maybe when he gets the Guardians in 10 days, we're good, but he gets the White, uh, sorry, the Red Sox next, and we're not doing that one. Uh, George Kirby against Oakland was not as pristine as he wanted with 5 innings, 4 and runs, and 8 hits. 
but it was zero walks and nine Ks, and I think I'm still in here. Um, that fastball is just that good, and uh, I don't know if we're ever going to fall in love with the secondaries, but as long as the fastball is great, um, that's pretty great. I mean, when he's not, you know, to be able to salvage nine strikeouts in a start is something to be said. Uh, Jordan Hicks against the Jays. Yeah, I don't want to go after Jordan Hicks. He had two over 48 whiffs on a sinker. Like, no. Dean Dunning did not have the command that you want from him. And eight strikeouts is really cool. Um, change up and, and uh, sorry, his uh, slider had a 52% CSW. That's awesome. But the change up and sinker were hit really hard. It's five earned runs and 6.1 innings, 11 hits, one walk in eight Ks. Dane Dunning gets out, gets the athletics next. That's probably going to be a questionable start. I hope it's the good version. James Caprillion on those athletics uh, and likely going against the Rangers on the other side of Caprillion. When he gets the Mariners for five and runs in five innings, maybe he's a Toby for that one. Uh, I, I prefer Dunning in that matchup. Um, his slider wasn't as good, and that's really the major thing for, for Cap. If he has a slider, then that's really good. But if he doesn't, you know, that's, that's just what this is. Uh, Zach Gallen against the Royals. Oh, very disappointing. 5.1 innings, 600 runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, 4 Ks. The thing is, we've been saying, hey, the changeup, right? It's going to be good. And so is the cutter and slider. And it hasn't really been through the year. We had a sign of life last time. I was like, oh, man, hopefully we got this now. Against the Royals, you're going to do it again. And no, you didn't. And it was just fastball curve. And this is, it, it opens a door for starts like these when he doesn't have that deep of a repertoire. It's just how it is sometimes. Unfortunately, it was the case with Gallon. Zach Plesak against the Astros, 4.2 innings, 700 runs. He did have a slider, though, and he gets his Tigers next. The Tigers next instead of the Astros. If he has a changeup in that one, oh, man, that could be pretty good. I said his Tigers. Eh, whatever. Make him his Tigers, I hope. Josiah Gray against the Dodgers. An easy, easy sit. Dylan Cease against the Red Sox. Oh, this is the actual premium cherry bomb coming out. Not the Yankees one. The Yankees one where he allowed 600 runs. He was actually really good in that one, just did not work out. This is actually three innings, 700 runs, eight hits, two walks, four Ks. Fastball and curveball got crushed. <laughs> so, yeah, I I hope it's less of this. I hope he adjusts, and that's that. Uh, Tyler Molly, I understand, y'all. I mean, 800 runs, four innings. He gets two games on the road, uh, sorry, at home now against the Giants. Uh, and I, I believe the Guardians, I don't know. It's another game another game at home, and I just don't want to do it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready I wish I told you guys to drop him before, but you know how it is. Some guys turn it around and everything's wonderful, right? It, we go through this song and dance every year. There's always one guy that just never gets better and other guys recover. And Molly is the one who's not turning it around. I mean, he sure I'm sure he will at some point, but right now, yeah, he's hurting you too much and it's okay to let him go. Chris Bassett, on the other hand, 800 runs, 4.1 innings. Uh, that's two, two bad starts now. It's, he's going to turn this around. Don't worry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not going great against the Giants, but he'll go great against the Nationals. Stick with Chris Bassett. It's all my fault. I, I did the list curse. Really, you can just yell at me, and I get it completely. Uh, looking forward to today uh, as we try and pick up this podcast. Robbie Ray, Early, Urias, uh, Julito Darvish, Castillo Rasmussen are all in that top tier. And if you want, actually, Thursday's coverage as well, you can uh, refer to yesterday's podcast. I actually... Went over all of these yesterday too to help you out. Christian Javier and Charlie Morin are also uh, are also are in the probable start tier. Javier against the Guardians. Hopefully that fastball is as good as it was. Well, Charlie Morden, uh, I still believe uh, moving forward, even though it is the Phillies and the questionable start tier. I don't really want to start any of these. Uh, sometimes I do the questionable start tier and I feel kind of good about them. Like tomorrow's Aaron Savali against the Tigers, I kind of feel good about that. But this is not. 
Uh, a lot of these are just coin flips, like J.P. Sears against Baltimore. He's gone about five innings for the last two starts in the minors, and he has 21 strikeouts in his last three games, so maybe that works. And that's why he's the stream pick of the day. But Aaron Ashby, I'm really excited he's in the rotation, but it's the Padres, and they're good against lefties, and I don't want to do that. So, yeah, this is just not a fun, fun tier of guys. Uh, and then you have the do not start tier, and just don't start with Jacob Junis against the Mets. He doesn't have a slider anymore, and the changeup is that one start, and that's it. Major Suarez against Atlanta. Atlanta is good against lefties, not good against righties. So uh, make sure you understand that. And Ranger Suarez does not have his changeup. So what I do on Wednesdays is I review the the roster ship of starters on Fantasy Pros, and I pretty much highlight who I'm selling high on based on roster ship. Uh, so I'm going to try and do this uh, in a way that helps the most. Just kind of see like who do I think is a prime sell high candidate at the moment. And I, I got to think maybe Logan Gilbert could be. He's rostered in 94% of leagues. And I'm not saying that he's going to be bad, but anyone that is anticipating a top 20 season from Gilbert will likely be disappointed. I also see Adam Wainwright, 92%. Um, and he feels like to me as a proper sell high uh, as well. Uh, you have Luis Garcia at 93%. That seems pretty high to me, and I feel like he's actually just kind of a Toby or something. I'm buying in on Tarek Skubal, though. He's at 89%, and if there's some someone that's thinking, oh, he's going to fall off or whatever, no, I'm I'm in there. Um, you can sell high on Noah Syndergaard, 87% rostered. I think Noah Syndergaard is fine, but just kind of like I was talking about with, with uh, Garcia there and Adam Wainwright, I... And, and Gilbert, like they're not, he's not going to be a, a, an SP3 or so through the year. I think uh, the swing strike rate on the sinker is not good or should not be as good. And the secondary stuff just is not where it needs to be. Miles Michaelis, another prime sell high. You don't need me for that one. You guys know that. Uh, Gonson finally had his slider working, which is very exciting. And I hope that means that he's going to have it again. Uh, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't show up again, that is a sell high. I'm not really buying Trevor Rogers at the moment because I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. Same with Tyler Molly for a little bit. Uh, when he does get his changeup back in full for more than one start, I think I'm in, though, on Trevor Rogers. So it's up to you. I think that'll happen at some point. You could argue it's a buy low if some guys are just completely done with him because of that. Uh, Patrick Sandoval is a little bit of a, of a sell high uh, because his changeup has been very inconsistent this year. And I think that you're going to see a rotation of uh, when he does have his changeup. There isn't a whole lot left. The slider could be really good. Curveballs for strikes and the fastball hopefully doesn't get crushed. But he really needs that changeup to be working. Um, let's see. Other sell highs for me would be... Um, I mean, these guys are highly rostered, but I don't think they're really... Sell- I mean, I'm selling high on Martin Perez if someone's buying it. I don't think they are. I, But otherwise, I think this is all pretty reasonable. Um and the other side of it, who I'm buying low, I'm going to use that on 40% and lower. I uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm obviously buying in on Alex Cobb. I think you guys know that. I'm buying in on John Gray at 35% rostered. I don't know why Josiah Gray's at 38%. That's wild. And same with Michael Walker. Jesus, what? All right, uh, I'm going to be buying in a little on Aaron Savali just because of the curve and cutter. But that's more of just like be aware of them on the wire. Moving forward. Aaron Ashby has got to be a buy at 15%. Now that he's in the rotation, I am so, so in on that one. Uh, I think he's going to be a real 
uh, difference maker through the entire year. It might be a little rough early on, but I don't think you're going to be able to get him in two weeks. I think if you have to get him, you have to get him now. And I think that's an investment I do want to make for the season. Uh, who else am I buying? I mean, I, I don't know if I'm really buying Ronzi Contreras because it is the Dodgers now, and that's not going to be a good start. And I, I see more inconsistency from him. It's not always going to be Rocky Road, guys, especially being on the Pirates. You don't get to face your own team. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm buying, I'm not really necessarily buying that one. I don't know if I'm buying Justin Steele, but it is the Reds tomorrow. He's only 8% rostered. So um, I am going to do that and just kind of see where it goes. It is 19 strikeouts over his last two starts, but it was the Diamondbacks last time and they're not very good. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying Zach Eflin, but be aware that he did use his curveball 33% of the time last time out. And that's how he got 12 strikeouts against the Dodgers. If he does that again, then yeah, maybe I'm starting to buy him as well. Um, is there anyone else down here that I'm thinking, oh man, that's someone I'm certainly flagging in my leagues as a considerable pickup. I don't see it. I'm, I'm going deep now. I'm seeing like Clark Schmidt on this. I'm like, no, I don't want any of this. All right. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a good amount of names and things that are really standing out to me. I, one more, I guess. Am I buying Johnny Cueto at 19% roster? No. No, I, I really don't think. He has 0% CSW on his changeup in four seamer, I believe it was. That's not good. <laughs> Across 27 pitches, there was 0% CSW. Yeah, that's not for me. He's just an occasional streamer, and that, that's about it. But all right, uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Uh, but yeah, tune in uh, always on Twitch at 9 to 11 a.m. You know my stuff. But that's going to do it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babips be low and your strikeouts high.